We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Gut Reaction episode of the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host. Joining me once again this Saturday evening is Mr. Producer Extraordinaire, Scott Kennedy, for the Gut Reaction. Scott, I think those Broncos fans, which probably was a a majority, that we're feeling a little uh, anxious, harboring some misgivings. I think they're feeling they're they're walking a little bit lighter tonight. What what was your in, your gut reaction to the Broncos, which at this point still shutting out the the Rams with under two minutes to go, forty one nothing. I think my gut reaction to your statement first would just be, you know, we preach don't get too low, and we'll preach the same, don't get too high. You know, there weren't very many starters out there. What you saw was. A lot of good. So my gut reaction to this game is following up on what are my expectations for this season, Chad? We've heard that a lot. What are your expectations for this year? My really only expectation for this team is competency. When's the last time you saw, and I'll just say a half, forget the second half, where it's threes and fours against threes and fours. That's definitely uh, a lot of football being played by guys that are probably going to get some bad news here in the next 72 hours. But in the first half, twos against twos for the most part, when's the last time you saw a Broncos team with guys that will play roles on this team look competent to that extent? And I go roll back to about week eight of 2021 of the Dallas Cowboys game in Dallas when they rolled in there and just had their way with the Cowboys. And that's really the only game in two years plus two preseason games that I've seen the the, the, uh, the Broncos look like that, where – it looks like they've got a coherent plan. It looks like every player is on the same page. It looks like every player really wants to be out there and is fighting for a job, fighting for the Broncos, fighting for a win. That is what I believe you can expect to see out of this team this year. How that rolls out over the course of a 17-game season, I, I expect a lot of improvement. Are you going to see a 40 to nothing you know, type of team? Are you going to see this team every week? No, of course not. Just like you weren't going to see the last two-week teams every week. You're going to get better and better and better. And, man, that's all I've ever asked for out of my teams is just keep improving. Just just keep improving. Uh, consistency, competency, 
Yes, dude. And and that's something that we were really, really focused on in the offseason hunt for the coaches. Come on, man. Hashtag extreme competence. Let's just find a guy who, as Terrell Davis said, doesn't have to kind of guess or think how to fix things, but knows how to fix things. And while it's too early to say for sure that everything's fixed tonight, just from an operational perspective, man, like from the sideline stuff to the uh, the plays, you know, getting off on time to minimal. Uh, I mean, this was probably the most penalized they've been this in a preseason game this summer, but still just things operating and firing on all cylinders. And it feels good. And as you said, feels good seeing it from twos, threes, and fours. What's it going to look like with ones? I can only assume with ones, it's going to look even better. Although you're exposing that to the, to the uh, opposition's ones as, as, time uh, marches on so we'll see how it shakes out but you got to be feeling a little bit better breathing a little bit easier tonight uh like Naj here bro stoked thank you for being up late especially my friend on the east coast i know how late it is for you right now so thank you big dog he says hey brothers great effort across the board awesome way to go into the regular season go broncos that's a good point scott is even though it's just a preseason game you know hey you know, would really have liked to have got a win in Arizona. Hey, would really have, you hate to lose, would really have liked to have gotten a win in San Francisco. But to not only win the third one at home in front of the fans, Scott, but to like put a big exclamation point on it. I get it, it's not equal, but you're, it's it's like the closest thing in the short term the Broncos can get to the Christmas, uh, Christmas game revenge. And look, they put, they hung 41 on them with their backups against their backups. And that's, that's what you call momentum. That's a nice little, uh, spring into the regular season. I like how Naj is thinking. Yeah, it's and Naj appreciate you coming in and uh, and supporting us like always. And that means we're one, one more week to see Naj at the meet and greet here in a few weeks. Uh, it, it it sure beats losing. You know, uh, I, I've said that winning and losing isn't the most important thing by a long shot to these these coaches. But you'd rather win than lose, without a doubt. The players that are out there that are fighting for jobs, fighting for their lives. They'd rather win than lose. But you're going to you saw some things tonight. You saw seven man blitzes on third down. You saw some you saw some things that said, "Okay, it's important for us at home especially. You made that point at home to get some positive momentum, to get some feel good, to get some positive ink to to take some of the pressure off um and and make make some hard decisions over the course of the next 72 hours for this team. And we'll talk about a few of those players. And there's one, one that's really obvious that, that hasn't really been on anybody's 53 roster that mm-hmm. may have just forced his way on it tonight. I don't know how you keep Albert Okawebunam off the roster uh, the way he punctuated this offseason. I assume that's who you're talking about. Yeah, it was, an, I mean, it was an easy one. Yeah, I mean, guys, guys that we talked about probably won't make the 53. Yep. Come on. If we name those guys, who's the one that who was the player of the game out there tonight? It, it was it was obvious. It's going to be interesting to see how they juggle the roster math. You know how that shakes out that particular arithmetic. But Albert O finishing the night. Get this, everybody, in case you don't have the stats right in front of you. Uh seven receptions on eight targets, 109 yards, that touchdown, which was a beautiful, just a beautifully executed play between the whole offense, but Stidham and, and Albert O in particular. Really nice showing. I liked also, Scott, seeing some vertical production from this passing offense because what was the main uh, takeaway you and I had from watching uh, the last game in San Francisco is like, hey, the, the passing offense just not quite there. 
you know, just a little out of sync, just not mm-hmm. quite on the nose. And hey, it was the twos, but it was really nice to see some vertical production and just overall some cohesion and rhythm and you know, moving the chains, not just on third down, which by the way, the Broncos on the night, they finished on third down eight of 15, a really solid 53%. But, you know, Hey, picking up uh, seven on first down, making it an easy second down where you got the defense on its heels. You can take shots just the way you want things to shake out. It was shaken out. And that's really encouraging to see. And one last thing before I serve it back to you, Scott, guys, it is a late stream, so we we are probably not going to go the full hour because we also have a lot of stuff we got to do after the stream, Scott and I, for Mile High Huddle. So any burning topics, get your chat, your super chats in right now. We'll make sure we get to every one of them before we sign off. But your thoughts, Scott? Well, last week, talking about you know how the how the team went through and how they've progressed week to week. Last week, we thought they're running the ball fine. What was my biggest complaint? The offensive line looked better. They were getting a push. My biggest roll it back. What was your biggest concern? My biggest concern was the passing game never synced up and it was never, you know, five-step drop, find your first read. The ball was not coming out quick enough because after that, there wasn't time to go from first read to second read. There was pressure then at that point. Tonight there was, there was time. The offensive line, I don't care if it was backups. You're going to need those guys. You're going to need – there were players out there in the first half they are going to play key roles for this team before the, before uh, 17 games are over, including some of those guys on the offensive line. Today, you had time to go one, two, three, and Jarrett Stidham was making those throws and, and, and getting to some players, including Marvin Mims. Um, he had the first one. Who had the second long – long Johnson. Was it Brandon Johnson had the second long one down there? Um, including, including Brandon Johnson, who is all of a sudden could be a key player for this team, including Albert Okwebenam. And let me say just this about uh, Alberto. I've been as critical of him as anybody. His first catch, nice little seam route, little, little, little short, quick out first down goes up, double clutches the catch and turns it up for a first down. I'm like, all right, well, there's the first down catch. But there's what we saw when he had a decent game last year to end the season. He's really fighting the ball. I'm like, he just doesn't look. And after that, done. It was like the guy who's a shooter getting a layup, and all of a sudden, he's on fire, if you remember old NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. He, he turned into Carl Malone out there, you know, where he, he, was, he was just bossing the ball. <laughs> when you're that size, I don't want you to play like a finesse receiver. I want you to play like a power forward. And he was out there going up for the ball, using his body, boxing guys out. He was diving catches one-handed. He was phenomenal. And then on the and touchdown. frustrating. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> yeah, the boom sh- you played the NBA game. It's a little frustrating because you start going, dude, where has this been? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to stick to the positive. And the positive is. I, I think I can probably, because the first play I watched him was blocking. And I was like, okay, yeah, he's, he's doing a job out there. Because I kept a close eye on him knowing that he was, before every, before all the eyes went on him, once, I, once he started catching seven passes and making all these plays, everybody's eyes were on him. But I watched him early, and he was doing his job. Man. I don't think I don't think there's any way you can you can cut that guy on uh, on Tuesday morning. No way. I, I just don't think you can. Not only do you not want to, obviously, what he can contribute in the passing game, but how do you do it and maintain a credible 
uh, posture to your team. It's like, right. hey, I, we said go out there and leave it all out on the field. And why are we doing that if we actually pull it off, leave it all out there on the field, ball out, and it avails us not? So I'm with you on that. Um, Miguel, what's up, dude? Uh, yes, we're both saying right now, and thank you for the stars, brother. We see Alberto making this roster, and he did look damn good. It was nice to see. Shout out to the Ronk, Michael Ronquillo, who's jumping in early with some stars. Uh, and then we've got a snarky user in the house with an old school Bronco uh, logo for his YouTube. Awesome. If we can play second teams, we're 20 and 0 this year. Um, yeah, you know, hey, here's a better way to look at that, I think, with maybe more of a glass half full way to look at it, snarky. Um, and apropos, of course, your comment relative to your profile name. Uh, if the Broncos have to, and they're going to have to, it's not a matter of if, it's when. When the Broncos, Scott, have to uh, delve into their depth, you got to be feeling a lot better, especially about a few specific positions about the Broncos' depth after what you saw, but not only just tonight, but through this preseason. You're going to see Marvin Mims on the field. You're going to see Cam Fleming. You might see Kyle Fuller. You might see Luke Wattenberg. You might see Quinn Bailey. You'll probably see Cam Fleming. You might now see Albert Okwebenam, and on the other side of the ball, I promise you, you're going to see guys like, well, if they make the team, but you will see second-team guys like Matt Henningsen. You might see Elijah Garcia out there. Um, Aaron Patrick may have played his way onto this team. You might see guy, You might see Justin Sternard. Jim, Sternard. You might need him. You might see a same Bassey now. And mm -hmm. those guys were good. Yeah, they were really good. So that's that's a good thing. And again. The overall feeling of competency across this team, again, you, you, you see coaches, it doesn't matter who's on the field. It doesn't matter what the score is. They're coaching their asses off because that's who they are. That's what they do. And they want their message to be heard from the first guy to the last guy on that 90. Yep. And when you see it in action, it should make you feel positive for the direction of this team, considering how misdirected everything was last year. Well said. Yes, Claude, we see Albert O uh, making it. And this is, thank you for your support, big dog. I love this. This is another symbolic distinction tonight from Phil down in Tucson. Love you, big dog. He says, uh, Peyton's first home win. Love it. Not only does he win big, but he they serve a zero burger up to Sean McVay. And it's Again, it's not apples to apples because we're talking regular season versus preseason, but so closely, Scott, on the heels. Because remember, that was Christmas. There's two games left after that. Um, it's just a nice little precedent tonight, I think, that Sean Payton signaled to the whole wide world. There's a new sheriff in town. Let not your hearts be troubled. Yeah, and I think everybody knew. But again, you're still not sure. It's like, man, th these guys are so dysfunctional that not even Sean Payton can turn things around. And they're going to, you're not going to be able to just walk in. And the other part of that, Chad, was watching, you know, the statement in the tent, watching them push the line of scrimmage, third and shorts. Yep. We are not going to be bullied around in our own house. If you come to the see the Broncos, it's not going to be, um, Broncos country has been good to me. They haven't said, Scott, quit saying bullied. And you can moving forward, hopefully. But the Broncos have been bullied in the trenches the two years I've been covering this team. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not going to happen this year. It's. It's not. They're. They're going to go out there and 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 fight back. And 
that is an is is an identity among other things that you can count on this season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's an identity. It's a... uh attitudinal shift culture I, I love it yes it's a cultural shift uh frankie what's up dude says hey guys they'd be silly to let go of albert oh hope all is well and on to week one uh down uh go to, to the raiders i'll get guess the raiders go broncos hashtag buck em, baby yes frankie thank you my friend really means a lot to us uh miguel sanders needs to chill talking drew sanders uh he needs to chill a little bit or else he isn't going to get a check this year uh you know he finished with a team high four solo tackles he was actually outpaced in the final analysis by seth benson who also posted four so they tied for that uh but he had two assists to, to go along so seth benson shot the undrafted rookie from iowa who's kind of been a bit of an afterthought in the inside linebacker conversation polished his preseason off punctuated i should say well do you see him being a practice squad guy because i don't i even as well as he played tonight Considering the past, the recent past, the previous two preseason games, the training camp, everything, I still don't see them quite going out enough to say you're on the roster and Sternod, we're going to waive you. So I still think it's Sternod is the rounds out the four guys. But what did you make of Seth Benson, if anything? I, I would say not anything. To be perfectly honest with you, I I don't know how you can lead the team in tackles. And I watched this whole game pretty closely, and, and I don't know who Seth Benson is. <laughs> I, I really don't. And, that, and that's going into, you know, the, the tackle stats can be overrated. Guys are coming in, but, you know, you're watching, you know, did he make plays? You know, I saw Drew Sanders out there making plays. I know who Drew Sanders is. Was Seth Benson out there making tackles for losses or, or going from sideline to sign and doing something that drew your attention? Or was he just in the middle of the field doing a job? Um, you know, was it on special teams? And, and I, I'm embarrassed to say that. But I, I really – I didn't notice Seth Benson at all in this game. I noticed Drew Sanders. Yeah. I noticed, And what Miguel's saying, you know, he got a personal foul penalty on it. And there's, there's some old-school folks that will say, okay, that's a weak personal foul. But if there is a personal foul that is called for unnecessary roughness, there is one in the books for unnecessary roughness. There's a face mask. That's pretty obvious. There's taunting. That's subjective. There's unnecessary roughness. That's subjective. Well, if I'm tackling a guy and I give him a belly-to-back suplex and land on top of him instead of just tackling him, 
that's probably into the category of unnecessary. Yeah. And that's why they've made a rule out of it. And I understand it. This is a, I mean, how many of these guys are we losing to injuries every single game? You know, there's, there's old school football. I get it. I'm old. I'm trust me. I'm, I'm with y'all on a lot of this stuff, but protect the players. I'm okay with that one. I can get into that personal foul at the goal line too, Chad. If, mm-hmm. if we, if we have two seconds, go ahead. I got some thoughts on that one too. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Mark first though, for sure. Uh, Mark comes in. He says, I can't wait for the regular season to start. If we carry this momentum into the regular season, man, Albert O is balling out. Woohoo. Actually, there was not a who in there. It was just woo, woo, no Broncos. Or actually, it may have been a Ric Flair. I'm not sure where Mark's from. It could have been a woo. <laughs> That's right. It no could Broncos have been. and <laughs> buck them. So I hope I got you somewhere in there, Mark. I uh, appreciate you supporting us. The personal fouls and penalties on the defense when you're something in goal inside the five-yard line the punishment does not fit the crime usually. And I've said this forever and ever and ever. I would love to see able some sort of rule change where you can bank those penalties. It's first and goal, Chad, and you're going to score. You're on the two. And instead of you scoring, I grab you by the face mask and jerk your head off to the ground. Okay. Uh-huh. Well now it's just first and goal at the one. It's a one yard penalty, you know? So I'm like, all right, what should we do? Well, let's let the, the score count. And then we'll basically call it a touchback on the ensuing kickoff with the 15 yards then enforced. You get the ball on the 10. I'm like, wouldn't that be better than first and goal at the one again, where basically for the, a, a heinous foul like that turns out yeah. to be a one yard penalty? That that I don't that doesn't seem right to me. That seems unfair, at least in this case. And I've never seen him do this before on a one personal foul, except in college when they're calling spearing or mm-hmm. targeting or something targeting, yeah. the head, they toss the guy. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, okay, that has some teeth to it. Maybe they're, maybe they're coming around on this because that was, that was, I would absolutely within the rules of the game, want my guy to do that. If he's got the corner on you, I don't care if it's a horse collar, you grab him by the back of the, 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 the jersey and you yank his ass down so that he's falling and breaking his legs. You don't let that guy go in. It doesn't, count against us like a, a touchdown would Yep. in this case he was tossed so i was like i'd still like to see some t- some tweaking of the rules where the penalty you can actually get the benefits of the penalty instead of basically rewarding the defense for for cheating he did get some face masks too though for what it's worth the get the dude that got bounced i mean oh oh this one was all face mask in this one it was he grabbed him by the face mask and about turned his head in a circle like the exorcist <laughs> that's why he got tossed i'd never yeah. seen i've never seen a guy get thrown out for a face mask before yeah but Full to speed. me that's like you know using a, a, a soccer reference or a basketball reference that's a flagrant two and you're gone dude i could tell you as a 43 year old almost 44 year old man if I was running full speed with a helmet on and someone tackled me that way, I'd have a broken neck. I'd be like in the ER. Uh, Chad Beach, what's up, bro? Great to see you. Says, evening, fellas in Broncos country. We better keep Alberto. He looked good and, and played great uh, the whole, that whole game almost. I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Antoine Curry, what's up, buddy? Thank you for the super. The national media says has no idea about the Broncos. The announcer said Bassey earned a starting spot next to Sertan. Shake my head. 
Yeah, we, uh, you know. There wasn't any national, though. I think that was just Steve Levy because Steve Levy was making some mistakes. He was in there with Ryan Harrison. They had Mike Kliss on. That was a Denver Broncos broadcast that you watched. Yeah. Levy was just kind of out there tonight. He did have a few mistakes. He couldn't help after Rippon entered the game. He couldn't help but call uh, Stidham a couple of times, Brett Rippon. But, you know, hey, that's why I like Levy, but that's why he's calling preseason. Uh, Albert O games since Missouri. And the first time he said his name, let me get this right. How he said it. He said, Albert. Okui Boonam. <laughs> yeah. That's how they, that's how a lot of them say it, dude. He said, Albert Okui Boonam. Yeah. Like dude. And I was like tweeting that up going, are you joking? He goes, then he goes, and then Ryan Harris, who did a good job. This was still yeah. 10 times better than the Arizona Cardinals feed. My God, folks. Yeah, yeah. Last uh, the, the first game. Oh, that was unbelievable. That was almost unlistenable. Um, Ryan Harris did a great job. I don't know much about him if he does uh the Denver games during the season or whatnot, no. or but he no, he he's trying really- to he's, he's basically trying to crack in and he did a great job. Yeah, I, I liked him great this tonight. Whole, this whole preseason, I've liked Harris's insights. Mm-hmm. And just kind of his feel for the rhythm of when to talk, what to say, what to focus on. I give him props. Miguel, thank you, bud. Appreciate You like the AT, AT t-shirt. Love it, dude. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I would like to wear it, though, because whatever it's made out of, I don't care enough to actually examine and see what it's made out of, but it just is really comfortable. Uh, Taylor, what's up, bro? Great to see you. He says, Alberto deserves a roster spot after today's performance, especially after the one-handed catch. Great win tonight. We're back finally. Go Broncos. I love the optimism and just that shot of uh, a shot of life everybody's feeling right now. Chris, what's up, dude? Very generous super chat. Staying up late with us as well. Thank you, bud. Says, what's up, fellas? Thanks for staying up late to bring us the stream. I can't remember the last time we scored 41 points. Also, it was great to finally see what Mims can do. Indeed. Uh, Mims, for what it's worth, guys, uh, Marvin Mims finished with two receptions on his two targets. 51 yards with that long of 50. And of course, you know, almost getting his head ripped off, Scott. Now, if I have one of the negatives, because the positive is Mims is going to be taking one of these spots, it's it's Montreal Washington on special teams. For a guy that was drafted to be a specialist, yeah, he struggles. Yeah. He struggles at his it's like you had one job. You know, he fair catches a ball when he's got time on the four. Yeah. Uh, on the four, you know, usually it used to be you put your, your feet on the 15. Now I think punters have gotten so good. I'd say, put your heels on the 10. And if you mm-hmm. have to take a step backwards, you let it go. He fair caught it on the four. And then his next time up, he, you know, he runs away from one that he's got uh, all the time in the world to, to, to pick up and go with, or, you know, or to, to failed on the fly. It's just, he just doesn't have, appear to have a natural feel mm-hmm. the confidence the comfort level the experience yeah of when to catch a damn punt it's amazing how much that discernment and you got to feel for these guys because you not only are you doing it in the pressure cooker of the nfl and the lights are on but like you've got the literally the most baller athletes in the world hauling ass pardon my french down the field trying to kill you and you've got to go do these calculations in nanoseconds as your brain synapses are firing. You're going, oh, weighing the consequences, the depth, the all this stuff. So it's not an easy job. People no, kind of God, chuck it no. off like it's, you know, hey, it's just return the punt, make the right decision. 
I do feel for him, but I'm with you that he just hasn't shown the propensity uh, to hang. And I guess we shouldn't be too shocked considering that he was a, uh, he was, he was the poster boy for a very incompetent uh, special teams coach last year in Dwayne Sukes. Gary Palmer. Hey guys, that one handed catch was phenomenal. All the twos and threes were balling. Go Broncos and Buckham. And then just one more, uh, two more real quick. And then I'm serving it back to you. Chad Beach again, bro. Thank you. Love you, big dog. Uh, the Duchess weighing in as well to say, this is a good opportunity to talk about the quarterback here because we've talked a lot about Alberto. She says, Stidham impressed me. He was quick and accurate. Alberto was amazing. The catch was a highlight reel. What if, for the time being, we turned Greg Dulcich into a receiver? Alberto has been doing good also at blocking. So Alberto earning back some love and respect from the fans. But what do you say? Uh, how, how do you rate? Jarrett Stidham tonight. What what are the takeaways? I thought Jarrett Stidham was great. I thought he had time. You know, we were willing in the game in the first game to to talk about Russell Wilson's performance, even though he had an over 100 quarterback rating. He was still getting crap from the national media, and he was the most pressured quarterback in the entire NFL in Week One. Well, number three on that list was Jarrett Stidham. Yep. Number 73 out of 75 on that list was Ben DiNucci. Tonight, Jarrett Stidham had time. He had time to go down and get to his second reads. And the thing that you don't really think of Jarrett Stidham at, he's a really good athlete. Um, yeah, he, that's he, surprised he, me so far. He transferred from Texas A&M to Auburn under Gus Malzahn's offense. You know who played for Gus Malzahn? Hmm. Cam Newton played for Gus Malzahn and, and, and won a championship. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember because I'm getting old and forgetful. The guy that came in next to him who led after that, who led them to the national title game against uh, FSU at quarterback. Auburn? Was a yeah, at Auburn. Was a defensive back transfer from Georgia who ended up getting drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars at corner. So you got to mm. be an athlete to play in a Gus Malzahn offense, especially the quarterback position at Auburn. Stidham yeah. did that, and he did it pretty well. He, you know, he wasn't mm -hmm. as athletic as Newton and whoever I'm forgetting, um, but he can run. And that was one of the things you didn't necessarily know. Um, Alberto, the, what he, what, what is impressed with me wasn't a diving catch. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it was the, the stuff where he had time, you know, it, it, a diving catch is like instinctive. Have you ever seen somebody like you hit a ball at them a zillion miles an hour and then catch it. But if a pop-up just scares them to death. Yeah. A nice floating pass and watching him adjust his body to put the to put the defender on his back and box him out and use his hands. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff. That that's why I like big wide receivers. Yeah. And on Dulcich, Michaela, it's great to see you tonight. We don't see you much in the morning. I have basically stopped calling Dulcich a tight end for the last two weeks. <laughs> I've called him just he's a receiver. He is going to be probably right now, he'd be your number three receiver, I believe. Mm. Sutton. Mims, Dulcich, mm -hmm. whether you line him up inside, outside, in line, he is going to be an offensive weapon that you can use in the passing game. Call him a wide receiver if you want to. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons use Kyle Pitts like that. And when it comes time to pay Kyle Pitts, his agent's going to be saying, look how many times you line him up at wide receiver. I think Dulcich is going to be the exact same way, Michaela. I mean, same things goes for Jimmy Graham back in the day in New Orleans. You know, he was a receiver. Let's face it. Um, Ted Wonderlick in the house. Can't lie. I was half expecting the 28, 27 final score with LA hitting the game winner. 
uh, with two seconds left, but I'm glad we ended the preseason with a bang. Thank you, Ted. We really appreciate you staying up with us and the super chat. Yes, Nick Marshall. I did Google that, but then I forgot to mention it to you. Thank you, Corlin. I, it, it slipped my mind. I went, to, I went to that game at the Rose Bowl, um, watched the game that was, I think, Jameis Winston to Kelvin Benjamin was the final was the final uh, the final score in that game. Hell of a football game, though. Mm-hmm. But Nick Marshall, that was a type of athlete that could make a Gus Malzahn offense effective. And Jarrett Stidham played in that offense at Auburn. He's a he is a good, uh, a very good athlete. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better about him as the number two now for sure. Colby, brother, thank you. He says, hopefully the O line holds up like this. It's been the run game, but now you see the pass game step up. Go Broncos, and that's another thing. Is yes. They, as you mentioned, they did a much better job, again, two games in a row, protecting quarterbacks tonight. He did take a couple of shots on plays where he chose, for whatever reason, to hold on to the ball a tick long. In two of those cases, it was because he was waiting for that play to open up downfield, and then he took his shot. I liked his toughness. Stidham jumping up. You know, he's like, ah, dang, uh, 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 uh. Let's the, let's the uh, endorphins kick in for a minute. The trainers come out. He's like, I'm up. I'm good. Good, uh, impressive toughness up to this point. Uh, the second one should have been a personal foul because it was yes. uh, crown, crown of the helmet right into the sternum. Yes. In college football, that would have been the end of that guy's night and half of the next game. Cutting from Snarky. Thank you again, bud. Cutting a number one. Cutting. He's saying if you're going to keep Albert O, then who's out? And I don't think it was about cutting a number one, at least if that's what we're talking about. Um, you know, if if a number one is gone – uh, who would be cut? And I, I don't think I, I think if it would be anybody that was on the bubble that you're looking at, let's say Albert O is in, then who is out? Probably Nate Atkins. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Nate that, Atkins. But then I have to wonder, did would he maybe? This is just a thought in the vein of what Snarky's asking, per, perhaps here, but could he have worked Manhurts off the roster potentially? I don't think so, just because of the utility, the unique yeah. utility. Manhurts offers as a as one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL that has some history with Peyton. Yeah. I don't I don't believe that's the case. But I think Manhurts is safe. He was good. Yeah, I think I think Man uh, Manhurts is is safe. Cortland Harrison coming in green uh, says what I told y'all about this offense in Alberto two months ago. I don't know Cortland. We read a lot of comments. Uh, he's here to stay and we'll be in the rotation, guys. We'll thank you. We'll remember it. We will see. It we want to see. It. We want to see a, that happen. Yeah, it was a it was a hell of a showing. Yes, it was by far, and I said why it can be a little frustrating. His best game in his fourth season, mm-hmm. um, contract year, and shoot, you know what? And a, and a what have you done for me lately? It's the best time to have that best game. Yep. Yeah. So I'm happy for what it's worth, Cortland. I'm happy to see it. I've had my doubts. I've had misgivings. Going, man, seems like he's just not getting the love. But you know what? Sean Payton challenged Alberto before the OTAs began and this whole offseason really got off and roaring. And he said, look, this is a huge, huge offseason for Albert. And it was in more ways than one. But I think it helped light a fire. I don't think it was I don't think it was Payton firing a shot across his bow in the sense that he's putting him on notice like, hey, uh, you're this close to being out. I think it was genuinely trying to reach him and help motivate him and help lift him up to his potential. Cause he does have Scott insane potential. You keep this dude healthy. He could be more than a, a good role player. I mean, his ability. 
You locked up on me just a little bit, Chad. Um, I would say, I would put it like this. I would say maybe he absolutely went after him a little bit that, that, that Sean Payton did. And how he would motivate him would be, you are a six foot five, 260 pound, four, four man child. I'm not, not man, grown man. Stop blocking like you're Jerry Judy. Stop blocking like you're a 195 pound, 200 pound, you know, slot receiver. Go out and get after some people. Exert your dominance on this, man. And God, it was fun to watch. I'm a huge fan of the tight end, a huge fan of them. I love those big receivers. I love watching them get the ball in the secondary. It's diabolical what a six foot five and 265, 60 pound man can do to defensive backs if you get them the ball on the move in the seam. It was absolutely terrific. And, and Cortland followed back up by saying he's a Sean Payton type tight end. He reminds me so much of Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is an everybody tight end. That, that's the point. You know, big and fast plays anywhere, any system, anytime. And I believe he was like a 4-4-8, 4-5 at the highest coming out. Uh, had as many touchdown receptions in the SEC and a tight end in like a decade. And just hadn't shown at all. In fact, he just didn't look comfortable. You know, last year he had a, a game, three catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. And God, he fought the ball. And first, first catch in tonight, it was, it felt like that. He double clutched it, turned, and I was like, okay, made a play. That'll be the one that people will be talking about. No, 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 no. That one was forgotten because of all the good things he did. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it was like a a shooter hitting a you know a 15 foot spot up shot, and all of a sudden he catches on fire. Then he starts banging in threes, runners, all kinds of stuff. That's what happened with. Uh, with Albert Okawaben on tonight and Chad has dipped out just a little bit. So I'm going to run through a bunch of these super chats tonight and see if Chad comes back. Otherwise we'll say good night before he gets back. But I think we've got a, some time to do this. Chad beach came back in. So evening fellas in Broncos country, we better, we better keep Alberto. I think it's on everybody's mind right now. He looked great and played that uh, great. The whole game. Um, and Maxwell, if, uh, if we didn't say this to you, and Chad did make it back in. Uh, he says, I've been a doubter the past couple seasons, but I can say with full certainty, you secured a roster spot tonight, maybe in Denver, but maybe elsewhere. Maxwell, he proved without a shadow of a doubt that he's an NFL tight end for somebody. And guess who's got the rights to him for the next year? Well, Denver Broncos. That's a good thing. Like I said, no. in, a, in a what have you done for me lately league, you couldn't have picked a better time to have your best game than, than, than right now when roster cuts are coming. I don't know if it – this happens sometimes with this awesome computer I got with your assistance. When I've been grinding it all day, I got to remember like before streams to just restart my computer because it wasn't an internet thing. I just needed a restart. I don't know why, what changed, but just needed a quick restart. So I got to remember that. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm not sure where we're at, though, on the on the people waiting. Yeah, Nick, what's up, dude? But we are at 36 minutes. We got to go soon, guys. So anything burning, get it in the chat here. Um, before we grab Nick, have we gotten Oi Boy? We haven't gotten the Oi Boy yet, right? We haven't gotten Oi yeah. Boy yet. We're, we're running down an order on the in the, the comments in our little section. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, shout out, baby. Stidham needed a few games to get comfortable in Sean's offense. Uh, P.S. Drew Sanders is a beast. His tackle on a Rams receiver shouldn't have been a personal foul. He can't help that the receiver is a lightweight. <laughs> ha ha, that dude got rocked. MHH for life. Love y'all. Appreciate you, bro. Great to see you tonight. Thank you for checking in with some uh, – whoops, I, I jumped the gun probably too far. No, I'm good. Um, no, we got Eric too. 
Um, Josh, what's up, dude? The 60 bus in the house saying, I know it don't count, but my golly gee whiz, it felt good to watch competent Broncos football. Coach Peyton lit a fire under some butts for show. Hashtag on to week one. Yeah, dude, it feels good. There's an adult running things. And, and now fans finally are being like, okay, we've heard that. We feel like we've seen it, but the results still haven't been there. Tonight, the results were there in a big, bad way. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to have to go for just a second. Okay, cool. But Josh, dude, um, I'm so happy for everybody who's feeling like, okay, a little bit of relief here. And that point that was made earlier tonight about, you know, it's his first game as head coach in front of the home crowd. Cub, boom, 41 nothing on McVay's Rams. Hey, you go, oh, I was there twos and threes. So what? It was our twos and threes, all right? It was a statement, maybe not the type of statement, Scott, that, you know, uh, matriculates through the NFL and makes the whole league take notice, but it was a statement locally that there is a new sheriff in town. Let's go. Uh, let's, let's have ourselves a season. So really stoked for everybody. It was a statement <clears throat> that said, Broncos country, you can trust that it'll be better this year. You, you can trust that we're on the right path. Yep. Whether or not we've got everything fixed, whether a Super Bowl team, whether Russell Wilson's going to be a Hall of Famer, we don't know. But you can trust that things are going to get better. Um, talking about, there was um, a couple of things I wanted to hit, and I've, I've forgotten already. So I'm going to go. Hit, fits. They throw you off your game, dude. I'm going to go. I'm going to go hit Triple G instead. He says, "Fellas, I'm so happy for Albert O and 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 McLaughlin." Um, yeah, McLaughlin is a terrific running back. Yeah. Um, his instincts in traffic for a smaller player are top notch. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing you worry about with a smaller player is can he run between the tackles? And he can. I mean, he can he can go right up into traffic, sit down, be patient, and then cut outside turn it on wait for it. so it, it's 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 an instinct you know we, we've told it talked about it all the time with running backs you hear the phrase after they do something oh man you can't coach that that's just god given it, it is yep. the the vision the patience the composure and then he's got the physical ability to go with it no he's not very big but he can still put his head down and churn through and get yardage and short yardage and he's a really good between the tackles runner Love this kid. Love it. I do too. I do too. Got to work on some of the that short areas, his hands on those short little bullets, you know, uh, one little pass going through him. But still, for as Phil says, for his size, I'm so impressed with McLaughlin. And no, I'm not prejudiced, LOL. I know size, I mean, it's just period. Or can you play 10 carries tonight, Scott, 48 yards in that touchdown? Let's see. I'm trying to remember his receiving stats. That's it. Because no, no, no. Four receptions on five targets including kind of a drop, uh, 13 additional yards. So he gave you, you know, he gave you 60, 60 some odd yards of, of, uh, production on 14 touches and a touchdown. So, you know, the downside is Tyler Beatty best case scenario for him now, Scott is probably the practice squad, but yeah, as Justin's I've been a, uh, let's, let's turn the page here. Cause we are about out of time. I've been a uh, Bassey hater from day one, but he's starting to win me over. Yeah, you could make that argument, Scott, that his two interceptions in game one and two respectively were lucky. But even those lucky plays, you have to still have 
the head up kind of awareness and presence of mind to be able to capitalize on those plays that do come your way. But I think it was more of a harbinger. It was more of like evidence that people weren't recognizing quite yet that actually this appears to be lucky, but it's that I'm in the right place at the right time for a dat gum reason people. And then tonight punctuating the whole preseason with, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick off a, a pass in every single game. Not only is he making the roster, but he's your he's your number four. He's your he's your nickel for sure, backup nickel to K1. And maybe depending on K1's health status, I mean, we still don't know exactly when uh he's gonna be a hundo. Um, you're you're gonna see a lot of Isang Bassi this year. And he was encouraging this summer. If you think it was luck, let's do it again. Yeah. And um <laughs> in uh, in international football and soccer, you call those guys poachers. Um, we called them and when I was playing in high school, we called them cherry pickers, meaning they didn't do anything but score goals. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty important. Knowing where to be, having the instincts and, and being in the right place at the right time, peeling off of your coverage at the right time. You see that at a lot of safeties and, and, and playing in the slot is, is very similar to being a man safe, a man marking safety. Uh, you see safeties drop down. Maybe you can play the nickel corner, a nickel corner has got to be quick as a cat and a head on a swivel mm -hmm. and have instincts galore. It's a, uh, and, and you got to be tough. It's exactly. a, it's a, it's a, it's a really tough position to play. Um, let me see here. And going back to Cortland coming back, Cortland, uh, appreciate you. This is a hat trick for you. Speaking of soccer, really appreciate you. He says, uh, so we just witnessed Montreal Washington's last game as a Bronco. I, I think, I think so. Um, you think he will be an Isaiah McKenzie type of situation? I don't think so. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was, I just looked it up I, where he was drafted, and he was a fifth-round draft pick. So Fifth-round, Georgia. Similar there. But I think when he went after having a, a, a good three-year career at the University of Georgia, he wasn't surprised when his name was called on draft day. Montreal yeah. Washington was. Mm-hmm. That's not always the best sign in the world. Um, Montreal Washington was a bit of a reach. Isaiah McKenzie was not. Um, I think they're different players here. So mm -hmm. can Mo Montreal Washington develop into a good special teamer down the line? Yes. Maybe. Will he? I don't know. Is he going to be the offensive all-around weapon that Isaiah McKenzie can be? I don't think so. Well, and the thing, too, that is different between these two players is the thing that flamed McKenzie out was ball insecurity and just butterfingers. The thing that's flaming Montrell out is just that lack of presence of mind of knowing just again, it's hard because it is these split second decisions they have to make, but uh, knowing when to knee it, knowing when to let it bounce, knowing when to return it. And then once those split second decisions are made right in real time, what really separates the great punt returners from just the guys who go out there and kind of get the job done is what they then can do with the ball in their hands. McKenzie has shown even back then when he had the fumble, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, he, he was still, you could see that twitch and that, that savvy as a, uh, as a guy with the ball in his hands, but I haven't really seen that from Montreal, not to say it's not there, but he just seems like he's swimming so much that those aspects of his game just haven't been able to buffer up into speed to get on the same level. So I doubt it. As Scott said, I think more likely than not, he's a guy that probably flames out of the league and it's unfortunate because he was a fifth round pick. You, 
you hate to see it, but uh, David, what's up, brother? Love your profile pic. Still my dog. Uh, he's saying good evening. Alberto surprised me pleasantly. I was also very pleased with Drew Sanders. McLaughlin is no longer a surprise and may become, Scott, the next Terrell Davis. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Uh, he should be so lucky. We should be so lucky. Whenever I um, think of the ultimate third down back, um, you know, your first is always make is gets cemented in your brain. Um, and if you were a child of the eighties, like me, you will remember the name Dave Meggett. I was just going to say Dave Meggett, dude. He's the ultimate, the ultimate third down back. He was on the Super Bowl teams for the New York giants. I, I think he'd be more like that. Terrell Davis was much stronger, you know, much big, big Terrell, man. Big Terrell dude. Davis was much closer to someone like Emmett Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're, I, I don't want McLaughlin, McLaughlin getting, 25 carries in a game. <laughs> I like him to be a, a special, a specialist, but in a specialist, the way I want to designate a pass rusher to be a specialist yeah. where he may only play a third of the snaps, but he gets two sacks a game and changes the game. Um, so I love his role on this, but I'm going to pump the brakes just a little bit on, on what his long-term potential is. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, hall of famer <laughs> maybe he can maybe he can give you uh you know a philip Lindsay-esque type of short-term flair production maybe it's a cj anderson where it's more of a four or five year arc cj did uh help win a super bowl cj did earn a pro bowl cj did uh have a thousand yard rushing season so both those guys undrafted let's hope mclaughlin can Follow in their footsteps as that next guy to earn a Pro Bowl from the undrafted ranks. Uh, look across the pond, uh, not necessarily staying up late, getting up early is William. What's up, bro? Thank you. He says, For the greater Broncos country, the best part of the telecast was seeing Randy Gratishar get some respect as a true warrior linebacker. We will be happy to see his ring of fame move to the Hall of Fame area of the stadium. Go Broncos. Yep, it's it's dang close, man. It's dang close. I can't wait. William, welcome in. And that is such a great point. Um, even preseason football gets better views than <clears throat> MLB or NBA playoff games nationally. Wild. And being that the Broncos broadcast was simulcast to the NFL Network on a national and international yeah. level, millions and millions of non-Broncos fans tuned in to watch that, and they had a great segment on Randy Gratishar. William, that is such an excellent point that being in this, being able to have a home broadcast that went national gave the Broncos an excellent chance to say, hey, look at this guy. It's about damn time. Yep. And by the way, it wasn't just him. Mm -hmm. What a What a great, uh, what, uh, a, a great opportunity, and, and appreciate you, William, for coming in. I mean, it's still wild to think that one of the most iconic individual defenses of all time is yet to have a Hall of Famer, but that's about to change. The Orange Crush is about to have their their guy. Uh, Eric, what's up, dude, on Facebook? Great to see you, brother. Evening team, MHH and Broncos country. Nice W tonight, albeit preseason. Felt like we started turning a corner. Wondering if Albert O was being displayed for potential trade. Looking forward to seeing the final 53 uh, and the uh, – 69 with when you count the practice squad. Yep. Potential add and the potential additions from other teams and cuts. MHH for life. Denver Broncos. Yeah, bro. It's coming soon. The next 48 hours are going to be uh, a whirlwind 
Um, so yes. And then, uh, and thank you. Really appreciate you, brother. Uh, should we grab Ben here? Who do you see as our lineman backing up our starting five? Thank you, Ben, for the support and the question. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Beside, I mean, Fleming's making the team. What about Pazluski or what, what's his name? Oh, uh, Ryan Harris did everything right tonight and he called him Palcheski. I'm going with that. Palcheski. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. I mean, if, if Coach Krzyzewski can be spelled like it is, I'm not going to question That's true. That's, I'm that's not going to question Palcheski on that. Um, so like I said, I, thought, I was impressed with Ryan Harris. Hopefully, he doesn't leave me hanging on this one because I've called him like – I think I've been calling him uh, – where do you go on this list as I read it? You know, Palzuski. Palcheski. Uh, he, he was Palcheski. right. Palcheski. Yeah. Um, I disagreed with y'all a little bit thinking, you know, does, does, do your draft picks make the roster? And y'all were saying Alex Forsyth probably wouldn't hear. I don't know if it was you specifically, but there was a lot of that talk about him and JL Skinner not making mm -hmm. this team. And, and it's, it happens, but it's still fairly rare where a first season draft pick doesn't make the team at all. Yeah. Um, it's still fairly rare. And I thought Alex Forsyth was one of those guys that played well tonight. He looked competent. Mm -hmm. which is pretty good for a seventh, sixth, seventh round rookie who got yep. drafted seventh. like 255. Seventh round for show. Yeah. And it was, you know, well after it was seventh round plus. Mm -hmm. um, but Cam Fleming, Kyle Fuller, Wattenberg, Bailey. Bailey's been good. Palcheski, that's 10. So one of those guys you might have to try and sneak through. Would Wattenberg make it? Maybe. Yeah. Um, Probably try and sneak through. Pa pa what is it again? Hold I, on. I, I might. I might not take Fuller on that list, but he could play Pal center Palcheski. guard. It'd be yeah, close. Fuller. Palcheski's in. Yeah. He's he's in. Fleming's in. So there's two tackles are valuable, baby. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be close. That's that's a great question, Ben. Um. We we will see. Um, I've liked the Shermanator a little bit. Will Sherman, I thought, has played pretty well. Hmm. So we'll see. I don't feel as scared about the depth there as I have uh, in the past. And what, what always makes me feel warm and fuzzy is Anthony Edwards coming in with the super chat. Appreciate you, Anthony. So thanks for the show tonight, guys. Was it game one? And what a turnaround over the past two weeks was wondering which corners would make the final roster after tonight. The announcers had Traymond Smith making the team LOL. And one of the reasons, and the announcers, remember, the announcers in this case that were going through the list was Mike Kliss. Mm -hmm. Mike Kliss said he had Traymond Smith on it because he was planning to be the kickoff returner, a special teams player, and he had a $2.5 million guaranteed contract. I was just going to say, he got two years, $5 million. Half of that is guaranteed. Which is basically a one-year, $2.5 million deal. Yeah, that's true. Which, which floored me, because then I went and looked him up and said, what on earth compelled these guys to give him $2.5 million guaranteed? What had they seen in the past? And I couldn't find it. Yeah. So that contract's a little questionable. Traymond Smith has been bad with a big old B. Broncos be bad yep. in the preseason. And man, bad enough. Hutton is saying Bassey to keep Traymond Smith? No. And and bad enough, Scott, to where you, you can see some conversations happening in the in the halls of 
of Broncos HQ of going, let's just eat that money. Like he's that bad. He was that bad. But here's the other wrinkle though, is if you're moving on from Montreal, you do need a competent guy back there that can at least make those split second decisions correctly. And if he's not the most dynamic guy, as far as ball in his hands, so be it. That helps. Hey, him, he was but... talking about Mims was doing the, the, um, the punt returner with Traymond Smith being the kick returner. Kick returner is a much easier job. Yeah, but with Jerry Judy, get it hurt. run as hard as you can in one direction until someone tackles you. I'm not That's sure you can returning. Can you afford to put your number two currently wide receiver back there returning punts now? No, but I'd find somebody else to do it. I'd find my wide receiver six. I would find somebody to do it. Yeah, um, because we haven't seen Traymond Smith do it either. What makes us think that it's true that he's the guy? And I'm not, I'm not giving two and a half million guaranteed to a guy to be a kick returner, dude. I totally forgot they paid him that much. Holy smokes. Uh, anyway, Anthony, appreciate you, brother. Uh, Jeff and Mike, and then we got to go. Jeff, thank you, brother. Can we have the twos start against the Raiders? Still no no faith in these ones, Scott. Yeah, and again, you see some of that. Now, those guys out there were fighting for jobs tonight. This was a do-or-die situation for them, for a lot of them out there. Um, but you had to have liked what you've seen. And again, it was twos against twos. And the bootlegs, the the dropbacks, the long passes, these guys still can't run a screen. I'm not sure they've got the personnel on the offensive line, the mobility to run a screen, but at least they've got the personnel now where they can hold their ground and even push the line forward, which I haven't been able to say for the last two years. Yep. Improvements. There's been improvements. Um, and then, you know, start getting guys, start getting guys healthy. You know, that's 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 a big part of it. You know, get Jerry Judy healthy. That's that's going to be a big thing. Keep getting Javante Williams stronger and stronger. Um, make sure Mike McGlinchey is healthy. I don't want to go through the situation last year where you know Billy Turner was a fraud, and we heard every week, yeah, he's getting close. We're just being smart <laughs> with him, and yeah, he's not going to play all freaking year. And he was just we were laundering money for him, mm -hmm. you know. So keep you know we need we need Mike McGlinchey to be to be healthy. We need Ben Powers to play to his pay grade. Jeff, thanks again, bro. Good to see you tonight. Mike, you are Prince, the Ronk. Great show. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. We went almost the hour anyway because you guys, we just can't tell you no. You keep us here. We love you. We do this because of you guys. So thank you for staying up late with us. But, Scott, before we sign out, uh, Keith wants to know about Brett Maher. Is he, is he locked in, you think, now as the kicker? Uh, I think he kicks on week one. I don't believe there is such a thing as a long-term kicker unless, you know, you have already earned it. Uh, it's week to week for him. Keith, I don't. I wouldn't say long-term by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he'll be the kicker week one right now. Yeah, he's their best option right now. And I mm -hmm. think he's eased some anxieties, both internally and externally, but... He looks comfortable uh, out there. You know, again, that, that the belief... Is huge. You know, when you go out there and you're looking over your shoulder, especially in a, that's the most mental position out there. It's not even a football position. I won't let my son who's played soccer for seven, eight years, just started playing football. I won't let him go out and kick. I said, cause that's all they'll have you do is kick. Yeah. Like that's not playing football. If we want to kick, we'll go kick. <laughs> we'll go kick. I'll hold it for you. You can't, you want to play football, go play football. So it is totally mental out there and having the belief from your coaching staff is it's 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 it means the world to him and hopefully he'll get over that because he's got the ability for sure it's just 
between the ears. And it looked comfortable out there. Looked great. He's been a 90% plus kicker. So let's hope that he's on the, the track back. But guys, connect with us on Twitter, the at the MHH pod, the main account at Mile High Huddle. Uh, you want to get a hat like this, get your merch on, mhhmerch.com, easy to remember. Thank you for helping us get the podcast page on Facebook, over 10,000 followers. We have a very special present that we'll announce tomorrow. Uh, to celebrate our, our giving back to you for helping us get over 10K. We're really stoked. Also, guys, we're on fire on Instagram. Connect with Mile High Huddle there, at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And then, hey, you know what? Every one of these episodes goes up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your pods. Be sure to give us a review if you're listening to this on demand, but especially on Apple Podcasts, it really, really helps us grow. And then, hey, while you're here, like, subscribe, uh, share it if that's that's the biggest testimonial that we could ask for is if when you share this content so with that said scott thank you for staying up late once again bro and i'll let you do the sign off for us you do it better oh the sign off i don't know the sign off i usually just say something like we'll see you next time but in this case uh you know i'll, I'll try and channel my zach I, i'm not nearly as good looking as him or as young or as talented but i'll give it a chance and he just always likes to sign off with a pretty easy Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.